Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders, hosted by Cheryl Toth and Mike Sakopoulos, and produced by Green Branch Publishing. Tothy, finish this sentence. You never get a second chance to... Uh, make a first impression. Bingo. Right? You, my friend, are correct. <laughs> now, let's see if you can go two for two. Okay. Never judge a... Book by its cover. Ding, 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 we have a winner. All right, you're two for two. <laughs> okay. Now I'm kicking it up a notch on you. This is for all the cookies. Here all we right. go. Without promotion. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that one. Help without me. Without promotion, something terrible happens. Nothing. P.T. Uh, Barnum, my friend. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, well, well played, though. Uh, and all of these quotes came to mind when I was preparing for today's episode. Oh, and you know what? Now I see why. I get it. Because it's about healthcare glamour shots, first impressions, need to do a promotion, never judge a book by its cover. So that's, uh, that's all appropriate. Um, and because today we've got somebody, a guest today, who's going to give us information about websites for medical practices. And even though pretty much every practice has one, Few have given enough thought and effort to their site, and it's true. I mean, when I zoom around the internet and I'm looking at various practice websites, I'm often aghast at what I see in terms of the uh, currency of not only the design, but sometimes I even find uh, announcements for a, I don't know, a workshop or a, a, an event that were two, was two years ago. That's not good. Well, that, that, is, that is no good. It definitely sends the, uh, the wrong message. I agree with you there. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've all experienced that, right? The ugly site, the outdated site, the one without the useful information that you need. But I don't think that people appreciate just how harmful that poor website is to a practice. Right. And I was looking at a study recently that said 75% of consumers admit that they've made judgments about a company's credibility based on the company's website design. So, hey, oh, if, wow. you are, if you aren't keeping up with the times, that could be a big issue because, uh, you know, they're wondering about your clinical, clinical credibility or, you know, who knows what it is. But yeah, that's important. Yeah, is is unfair as that uh, that sounds to our re really gifted clinicians out there. It is a reality, right? So mm -hmm. here's the good news. Today we're going to be talking with Brent Cavender of MetaMed Marketing. Brent and his team, Tothi, are cutting edge when it comes to medical practice website uh, creation, design, implementation. Great. I'm looking forward to his advice about medical content and design. Um, but before we get to Brent, it's time for word of the show. Woohoo! Your favorite part of the uh, the show and, uh, and and mine. Yep. So get ready. Here here it comes, Tothi. Here's our, here's our word of the day. Comely. Ooh, that's a little edgy and provocative. And I know this word. It means attractive, as in the physician's website was quite comely. Oh, I got a little alliteration in there too. Oh, right, you are. Oh, well, well, uh, well played. All right. I think with that one, you need to uh, give it a good night, Cleveland, and we'll just move straight on into the interview. All righty then. Good night, Cleveland. Today, I'm pleased to introduce Brent Cavender. For the past decade, Brent has focused his 
25 years of technology management experience into the aesthetic and elective healthcare space. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the space which leads the way in website technology in healthcare. Is a co-founder and head of business development for MetaMed Marketing. Brent has been a chief educator and evangelist to the practice professionals about the undeniable value in effective digital marketing strategies. Brent has led over 700 website assessments, site mapped hundreds of websites, and is a frequent national speaker. His firm, MetaMed Marketing, designs, develops, and optimizes healthcare websites for superior return on investment with all the performance metrics tracked to online access for their, their clients. By surrounding and supporting premium medical websites and other powerful services like SEO promotion, social media management, and patient review funneling, practices leverage an entire system on digital marketing services to engage and inspire potential patients to continue information and reach out to the practice for maximum quality and for quality patient inquiries. I am very pleased to introduce Brent Kavner. Brent, thank you for helping Hi. us today. <laughs> thank you so much for that uh, gracious introduction. Uh, I'm, I'm turning red listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, you bring a lot of expertise for our listeners, and I am pleased to have you here today. Let's, let's jump in. Sequentially, it seems to me that one of the first things uh, we need to do when we're thinking about a website is to actually look at picking someone to help us. Can you go through criteria or things that a practice manager should be looking at uh, when picking a website designer or website administrator? Yeah, um, we'll call that the vetting process. Um, and in particular, um, it's probably important to point out that in that process, Mike, practices um, are, are they're thinking about bits and bytes and design and uh, dollars. And what they really should be focusing in on is time. Here's why I say that. I say that because the time to vet a vendor could be two, three months. By the time you get due diligence, uh, calls back, you're, you've looked at, you know, 10 plus vendors, narrowed it down to two or three. Um, the, uh, the, the time to then uh, go through a proposal to get a, a website a redesign or optimization project completed might be anywhere between two months and a year. Then, in addition to that, it might be uh, a, uh, an entire six months, year, year and a half before that vendor, or excuse me, that uh, practice realizes that they're just not on a good track. The return on investment is not there. The support, uh, you know, is not what they want. And so the time that is lost, let's just for a moment, we'll forget about the, the budget, the dollars. The time that is lost is so significant that, quite frankly, we wish clients would ask the question you're asking right now and then take it much more seriously, um, having some, uh, some, some rigorous criteria that they can use so that you know, when they go through that two or three month process of vetting, going through the proposal, finding somebody, they then land on a, a, a productive partner that they eventually 
you know, gain trust in, and that is performing and, you know, documenting the results of their efforts. Uh, so it's pretty critical. Um, that does, that now, does sound critical. Give me a couple of ideas of things during that vetting process, because I, I'm, I'm a true believer that you're right. We need to spend the time up front to get good returns down, down the line. But in that upfront time period of two to three months that you spoke about, what, what should they be looking for? Are there some specific things that would be helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say at the very top of the list, Mike, the, um, the vendor must have industry-specific experience. There are so many esoteric um, nuances to the optimization, to HIPAA compliance, to um, search engine um, optimization for, for improved ranking. Uh, so that the practice gets found in search, uh, so they get eyeballs to their website. So there's just so many nuances that are very specific to uh, medical practices and particularly medical practices that are in the very competitive space of um, elective healthcare or um, cosmetic, cosmetic uh, plastic surgery and dermatology in those arenas. Um, so I would say... In Industry-specific experience, probably the number one thing they should be looking for. That is, that, that's great advice. I think we have all, unfortunately, seen those websites uh, that was designed by someone who maybe is really great if you have a restaurant and you're trying to, uh, to, to sell some meals, but not really the, uh, the person or the expertise that should be working on a medical practices uh, website. So, so quality advice there. Thank you. Yeah, 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 and I'll, I'll generally call that the Jofa Beats website. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there you go. Well, okay, let, let's let's go a little bit deeper into that because you, you and I have sure. both both seen these websites where there there are real missed opportunities and mistakes. What what are some common kind of problems that you see uh, when you you first uh, look at someone's website to see if you can help them? Yeah, it's interesting um, because over the years, I've noticed that there there tend to be um, uh, the same mistakes popping up again and again. But um, when we talk about mistakes in websites, I would suggest that we really kind of throw that into the two different categories, first of all. The one category are really egregious, uh, almost uh, safety um, blunders where either your digital assets are being uh, put at risk or the uh, the credentialing of the the practice the the medical license of the principal physicians is putting being put at risk those are pretty egregious pretty concerning uh, mistakes that we get uh, that we see occasionally but it's very rare more frequently we see kind of dumb mistakes. And uh, I'd have to say at the top of the list is what I will refer to as friends and family. And what I mean by that is when medical practices come to realize how much value there is in effective online marketing, it is a crime that they would allow a friend, a family member, maybe a patient that they, that they owe a favor to, to then go in and be in charge of their online presence. It is it is such an egregious error that at times I've I've talked to practices and said, look, you are leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. 
you could take a small fraction of that return that you would make by doing this effectively, and you could funnel that over to your friend or family member, and you would still be way, way ahead of the curve. Uh, you're, 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 so, you're so right on that. I mean, how many times have we seen someone that um, gets their next door neighbor's uh, kid who's home from school uh, that <laughs> knows how to put together, quote, knows how to put together a website, um, you know, working out of the basement. It's all the sophistication of a neighborhood yard sale, the way they run these things. So uh, <laughs> with that kind of um, effort, you know that there's going to be problems. So I, I, I agree with you 100, uh, 100%. Yeah. I would say the other big mistake that we see, uh, I just simply refer to it as form over function. And it's interesting um, because especially, especially in the, uh, the aesthetic medical space, the concern about having a very stylish, contemporary, um, aesthetically pleasing, attractive design, it's, it's, it's important, of course. But imagine if you could... Uh, two different websites. The, the two different websites, one is um, absolutely gorgeous, um, all the right colors, very contemporary, a lot of fun, but it doesn't have any search engine optimization. It doesn't have any conversion tactics. It doesn't flow patients properly to information so that they can become more educated and more informed. And then you have another website, the second one, and this one is a website that eh, the design's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's not great. It's not knocking anybody's socks off, but it's got excellent uh, construction in its platform. It's got excellent content to be able to draw search engines to it. It has good flow of patients to uh, mutually beneficial outcomes, which are inquiries or contact us. Uh, and that second website every single day of the week is going to be more effective. And it's just a, a simple matter of appreciating that the second website not only gets eyeballs to it because it gets found in search, but it also moves patients in and around content so that they're uh, consuming more of that content and connecting more tightly with the practice which of course, as you know, it inspires inquiries. And so, you know, focusing first on functionality, but then building a, a beautiful, gorgeous, lush website on top of it, that's, that's when you're really hitting on all eight cylinders and you're going to have the most return on your investment. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it does. V very nice. Now, in your, in your answer to that question, you use the term uh, search engine optimization. Can you... Hmm? Tell our listeners a little bit about what that that is. Can you, you explain it and, and say why it's important? Yeah, um, it is such a critical topic in digital marketing, um, and in particular, again, in you know more competitive geographies uh, with uh, more competitive disciplines, especially in the medical arena. Um, this tends to be your plastic surgeons, your dermatologists, but, you know, there are other um, disciplines as well. Um, the search engine optimization, SEO, in general terms, it's really just about uh, improving search ranking uh, for commonly searched terms by the targeted potential patients that are seeking services or products. So you can imagine if it was, you know, um, 
Uh, if you if you sold widgets nationally, you know you want to get found for the name of that widget. But if you're in, uh, let's say, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you happen to have um, services for tummy tucks, breast augmentation, Botox, well, the the, the terms uh, Grand Rapids tummy tuck in search that becomes your keywords. It's a marriage between a geography, and it's the marriage of a, a procedural term, a condition, potentially a desired result, could even be a branded name. So it's some contextual term married up with a ge geographical term. These keywords, it turns out these are the most highly searched terms when people are looking for your services. And so search engine optimization is the, the discipline of getting found high up in rankings of search engines for those valuable terms that are most frequently searched. Does that make sense? It, it does. So this is key, right? I mean, you go to all the effort to have a website, you want people to be able to find it. Bingo. And you, and you said the right word. It, these are key words. It is key. Excellent. Now, when working with practices, do you find that they view their website in isolation from other types of strategies that they're they're using to to promote their practice, say social media, Facebook, uh, other electronic, or is it more integrated? And what's the best approach? Well, um, uh, first, the, probably the f the first way to address that question is to acknowledge that every practice's set of services, the style of the practice principles the geography that they are working in, the competitive nature of that geography, the evolution of their website are all unique to every individual practice. And so to try to suggest that there's a cookie cutter approach that will address every practice in every geography of every discipline is just, uh, it's just not appropriate. But within the variability, there are patterns um, that will exist. And the practices that are most savvy, they have the most productive and profitable digital marketing efforts. They, they look at the entire um, set of disciplines, whether it's social media, reputation management, website search engine optimization, conversion design, they look at the whole thing as an ecosystem. And the ecosystem is, it's really fascinating, Mike, in that um, the, you know, we'll have, we'll have practices that will come to us and they'll say, wow, we really want to fix our social media. And we'll stop for a moment. We'll say, hey, let's get online together. Let's take a look at your website. We'll go to their website and their website will be so wanting for uh, better uh, functionality. We talked about the importance of that earlier. It will be so wanting for tactics in conversion in its search engine optimization that um, we have to stop those practices and say, listen, you, you need to understand that if you were to you know, dramatically improve any one of these peripheral initiatives around the website, you would still be funneling people through your website. And so let's start with that as a foundation. 
and then within that foundation it it you know we can we can appreciate that there is a cycle of um performance and the and the cycle works very simply in the website you you have search engine optimization in your architecture in your content and in your reputation to attract the largest number of eyeballs from the most targeted potential patients in your geography. That's the SEO portion of it. From there, you can funnel uh, your visitors into your website. They will hopefully be navigating, consuming, interacting, engaging, being educated and informed. And they will, from there, they will hopefully reach out to the practice for inquiries. Bingo, that you just achieved your objective. But to really close the loop, you need to have some um, some tracking or measurement of your performance, proof of performance in metric tracking, so that you can continually hone your tactics in SEO, continually hone your tactics in conversion. You can maximize your return on your investment. I got very deep there, but hopefully you could you could see the picture of that uh, that closed loop system. I, I think you're anticipating where, where I'm going, and it reminds me of this, this quote from this uh, fellow named Wanamaker, who was a industrialist early um, in the, the last uh, last century. And his line was that he wasted half of his dollars on advertising, but the problem was he didn't know which half he was wasting. And um, you know, I, I, I can I can sympathize and relate to uh, Mr. Wanamaker when we get into this world, we need to have some metrics, right? We need to know, is this great website actually doing what we want? What do you look for and what's a fair amount of time to give it? Because obviously if it's day one, maybe people haven't had a chance to find it yet, but how, how long should we um, give it and what numbers should we look at to see if our website's what we need it to be? Yeah. Well, I, I, I have to tell you, Mike, I'm delighted that you asked this question for a few reasons. Um, the, 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 the true deep reason is because um, too frequently, um, you know, people that do come to us and they're looking for support and guidance on, you know, where the return on their investment is, they have been um, putting some of their marketing budget into uh, different things like yellow pages for years and years and years. And, um, not, you know, there's, there's a time, there's a place, you know, there's a different wait, wait, are marketing there still channel. yellow pages? Are there still yellow oh, pages yeah. out there? Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. How yes. very analog. Okay, great. Yes. It, it still exists, but they've been doing it for years. And quite frankly, the reason that it has been able to, survive just hanging on by a thread for so long is because of the lack of transparency in in some of the channels of advertising so so the reason i'm i'm really so delighted about you asking this question is i get passionate about digital marketing because in digital marketing you have this demonstrable documented path to return on investment. Now, here's a big mistake that gets made. I invest dollars today. Well, wait a second. I checked it, you know, a week from today and I didn't see anything coming back to me yet. And and if and if practices and if advertisers and digital marketing can just get this one point, that is there is a la there is a natural inbred lag time 
to digital marketing. And, you know, it's typically four, five, six months, sometimes as much as nine months or a year, but it is very dense demonstrable that you will get return on your investment. And when, when you ask the question, you know, what should they be tracking? Well, um, the, the, if you were to just follow the path chronologically of what the interaction is with patients, it is, first of all, uh, ranking for keywords, those, those keywords that have the most search. It would be keyword ranking first. It would be the unique site visitation next. So in other words, people found you, they got to your website. Then next you look at conversion how many of those uh, unique visitors that went to your website actually became real inquiries that either called your office or they sent you an email. And then you can look at things like telephone tracking. You can look at um, how many followers do you have in, in social media channels. You can look at um, um, what pages are people um, going to and how long are they staying. But an important critical point is that many of these metrics that you're tracking, they need to be uh, they need to be tracked and observed over time. Because you can imagine, especially in uh, different medical practice disciplines, that seasonality is going to play a part. So, yeah, you may be down for the month, but this year is hopefully up over last year and that and that is hopefully up over the year before that so looking at the data over time and being just absolutely disciplined about it is so critical and, and how frequently do you recommend people check the check their their data and the metrics well i'm smiling as you say that because i think of the stock market and i'm you know if you've had interactions with your broker and you know you're calling them every other day saying hey what you know how come my stock's up my stock's down um it's very similar you you don't want to look at this on a daily basis you don't even want to look at it on a weekly basis it is it is really um good to have a monthly reporting structure and then to have um, higher level check-ins every three months. Um, but to, you know, to be totally transparent, our account managers that are working with clients, they will typically be on the phone with them once a week, once every two weeks, because you're all a, a effective digital marketing effort will always be steady, uh, consistently doing something all the time. You never set it and forget it. And by the way, that's one of those big mistakes that we do see practices make is they, they come under this impression that what they can do is just build a gorgeous website, optimize the heck out of it, do everything correctly, and then it's, they're done. You're never done. It's like exercise. If you've not been exercising, when should you get started? Now, today, how often should you exercise? Regularly. And when should you stop exercising? Well, pretty much never. You're doing it for the rest of your life, and you're doing this for the rest of the life of your business if you're going to be uh, successful in return on investment. Yeah, I, I think that that is, maybe that's just a, a general human response to things. Certainly in the compliance world, I get that, right? That check the box mentality that, okay, I have, the, I have this done, check on to the next thing. And I know our, our practice managers and physicians are, are busy and, and can't linger, but, but really this is, this is very important to, um, to keep, keep things up to date. 
um, and, and current. So, and, and thank you also for that timeline of how many months, because I think, at least for me, I didn't realize that there was such a, a separation between cause and effect. And if you know that going in, that's fine. But if you're expecting something great to happen within the next 15 days from when you launch your new website, you're just ne hmm. necessarily going to be disappointed. So, great way well. to manage expectations. The interesting thing about that, Mike, is that some of that lag time is actually built in by design. Your, your top search engine, Google, in particular, they build a lag time into when the uh, search rankings will reflect any changes that are made. And why do they do that? Because they're attempting to hide the results of their algorithms. They don't want you to be able to do what would be considered A-B testing, where you try one thing, try another thing, try one thing, try another thing, and then you see you know, what the direct results are of that. They want to have variability. They want to have some camouflaging of how those algorithms work because they don't want businesses to be gaming the system. The search engines want you to – they want their uh, search queries to get the very best results of information to answer questions so that more and more searchers keep coming back to their brand of search engine and they can then you know have more opportunity more eyeballs for advertising and uh, so, very sneaky very that that, yeah. that makes sense right i mean i when yeah. you explain it it makes sense so i can i can see where they're going now i'm gonna i'm gonna shift gears on you uh Brent, mm -hmm. because i want to talk about hosting uh of websites and because I've had clients that have had problems with, they had a great website, but they had it hosted and the hosting didn't work out well. Do you have certain tips? Mm -hmm. or can you tell people um, ab about that or your thoughts on hosting? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. You, you, you ask about hosting and again, you almost have to take it from two different perspectives from the perspective of just the hosting itself. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of down to the bits and the bytes. We're looking at equipment uptimes. Uh, we're looking uh, at uh, web server response times so that websites are performing effectively uh, and they're responding to, you know, people clicking through them. And so, you know, these are all, these are all metrics that the hosting companies can affect on their own. And, and to, to be very blunt about it, there are a gazillion hosting companies around the country that can offer, you know, excellent uptimes, excellent support, excellent web server response times, a good dashboard so you can get in and make all the changes that you want. The, the, the real um, quality that we would recommend to clients and especially in the medical industry where medical industry websites are so involved, so complex and so um, they require such strategic planning. What we would recommend is that um, these medical practices consider being independently hosted. Now, why do I make such a big deal about this independent hosting? Well, um, we talked about a timeline earlier. It takes sometimes months and years to make a switch from one uh, website vendor to another website vendor. Every practice should own all of their content. They should own all of their design. They should own the domain name registration. They should even own the keyword research that is used in order to 
define the terms that get used throughout the website and throughout the promotion of the website. But in addition to that, they should be independently hosted so that if something happens and they're unhappy with the performance or the support of their web vendor, they have the ability to literally the next day, they can try hosting, they can hand it off to somebody else, and they can be up and running with some other vendor. Too often we see vendors that are not as confident in their ability to retain clients through performance, and instead they put hooks into the, the, their clients so that they're forced to stay with them. It's almost as if they're being held hostage through hosting. And so, again, lots of, lots of gazillion hosting companies out there around the country, um, and, you know, they all have uptimes and response times that they can, you know, they can present to you. But within that, um, our recommendation is to, to be independently hosted so that you are in control of your own destiny going forward and you never feel beholden or held hostage to any uh, web provider. Does that make sense? That does. And that is key information. I've certainly dealt with several clients that were sorry to find when they wanted to move that they did not own their own domain name. And it, mm -hmm. um, it, it really is hard to, to negotiate buying back your own uh, domain name. Uh, from from someone that you trusted and just hadn't performed well, so like, very key information there. Um, yeah. Is is we as we wrap up here, Brent? Why don't you mm -hmm. give us some some facts or some ideas for our listeners that you think are very important when getting ready to update a website and move forward with um, digital marketing? Yeah. Um uh, we talked about it earlier, um, uh, great caution, asking tough criteria questions when you're vetting providers. Um, we, we talked about having industry experience and um, uh, a couple of other points I would, uh, I would recommend that the, the practices consider. Um, they, they want to ensure that they have their analytics all wrapped up from their existing vendor. And, you know, that's a very fair request. So you should have that ready to go in case you do make a switch. Um, as they're um, starting to, to look for other vendors, they should be looking for vendors that have their own copywriting in-house because trust me, doctors do not have time to be writing their own copy. Even if they had search engine optimization abilities, they had um, the formatting abilities and everything else required to make great copy. Um, they should also be looking for exclusivity from vendors. Uh, in our industry segment, you're competing for keywords. And if you're competing for keywords, you, there's only one number one position in Google or in any other search engine. And so you would hate to know that you're competing through the same vendor with your direct competitor right down the street for that same term. Um, so look for exclusivity. And then in the end, um, there is nothing, nothing like checking references and doing due diligence because there is no guarantee of performance beyond speaking to, you know, objective third party uh, representatives that can speak of their experience in working with a group. Beyond that, I would just say, you know, in your website, try to paint a picture, try to tell a story, um, you know, use uh, 
digital assets effectively so that uh, your patients are interacting with your content and, um, and make sure that there is a flow towards a mutually beneficial outcome, which is generally you know, contact us, ask a question, schedule an appointment, et cetera. Brent, great advice. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, share your experience and, and wisdom with, with our, our listeners. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Brent Kavner of MetaMed uh, Marketing. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for the time, Mike. Hey, that interview you did with Brent was really helpful. I mean, he had some super information for people. Right, he did, right? His tips about measuring websites' effectiveness got me thinking. You know, how often do you see practices pay for a really nice website and then kind of mentally check it off the, the to-do list as being done? You know, Brent's comments really helped me think in a more long-run, big-picture way. Yeah, and I really liked how he talked about um, – you know, giving a little bit of time when you make a change in your site, when you update it or re redo it, to give it time before you evaluate whether or not the website improvements are working. Um, you, you can't just put it up there and forget about it. And you also can't just put it up there and think, oh, I'm going to check in a week. And if things aren't better, I'm not getting all kinds of patients coming. It didn't work. You, you have to give it a little time. Yeah, absolutely. So there are plenty of good tips in Brent's comments uh, in this interview, and I think he'll definitely help our listeners avoid uh, cyber pitfalls when it comes to their uh, to their website. Okay, well, Mike, uh, that does it for another episode of Sound Practice. If you liked our show today, please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And don't forget to join us for our next episode. We post one every other Wednesday. Telehealth is all over industry news, and venture capital is pouring into the market. With employers and health systems adopting telehealth services and CMS implementing new virtual visit codes, should your practice focus on telehealth this year? And if so, where should you start? We'll explore the topic of telehealth in our next episode. Our guest is Dr. Lyle Berkowitz, Chief Medical Officer and EVP of Product at MD Live. Dr. Lyle will share his insights about physician efficiency and the future of delivering virtual care. Don't miss it. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bada bing, bada You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions about future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at Green Branch Publishing. For the best in practice management, journals, books, newsletters, and on-demand programming for physicians and practice executives, visit greenbranch.com. Robin, 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 Robin,